Mr. Stephen Allen's SomeNews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News podcast number 16. I know, there's, there's been a bit of a gap since the last one and uh, a lot has happened. Well, I was quite busy. Um, Osama bin Laden was killed. No, no, I wasn't busy because I was the one shooting him, no. No, I wasn't there laying down covering fire either. Just what exactly do you think I do for a living? Flipping heck, I know I'm not high profile, but you think you'd know what I do. I do stand-up comedy. I am not fighting Al-Qaeda. I'm not helping Al-Qaeda. Well, that's true. I have bombed in more cities than they ever will. Anyway, in this edition, Ken Clark gets wrapped, super injunctions are back, and Bin Laden been killed. Let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast. The main news. Our beloved leader, Osama bin Laden, was killed. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> uh, the evil terrorist, Osama bin Laden, was killed. Whew, it's a close one. Nearly blew my really, really deep cover there. I know this happened a little while ago, and we're only just getting around to doing jokes about it now, and we'll still expect credit for it when we're doing it. But you know what? We're not the only ones, are we, America? Hmm? Ten years? Honestly. If they waited any longer, they could have killed him by cutting off his supply of statins. They tracked bin Laden down to a large house in Pakistan. So all of that searching of caves was a big old waste of time, was it? I mean, they didn't find bin Laden, and they didn't even find a genie. Hey, what's this dirty old lamp? Looks like it needs a rub. I'll just rub it there and... You have freed me from the lamp. And for that, I grant you one wish. Wow, I found a genie. Oh, I wish my mom was here to see this. Hello? Oh, sh- when we heard that Bin Laden had died, I thought, oh, I hope it's not going to be like Michael Jackson when he died and all the music channels just play his videos all day. Everyone was worried about reprisals. The Home Office advised British citizens to avoid events with large crowds. So my stand-up gigs were perfectly safe. And then the conspiracy theorists started. Some said that they hadn't actually killed Bin Laden. Some say that it was just a guy who looked like Osama Bin Laden. Some thought it was a guy called Osama Laden who was put in a bin. It was all very confusing. There were as many nutty theories as there were nutters. So to end all this, the US government didn't release the footage of Bin Laden being shot. They released pictures of Obama watching the footage of Bin Laden being shot. It was basically one man, no cup. Oh, what's this video link that someone sent me? Oh, there's, there's two women. Oh, hello. Oh, they're, they're friendly. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh what, what are they doing with that man with a beard? That's, oh, oh, no, they're not, are they? Are they? Oh my God, I did not see that coming. Oh, well, serves him right for ordering that chocolate milkshake. The conspiracy people say that it was all very convenient that the Americans got rid of bin Laden's body at sea, but the Americans said that they had done DNA tests. They had the results that would end any speculation. Good. And I hope that if they ever release these results, they don't just do it in some press release thing. They should do it properly. There's only one way to release these kind of results. So, is this Bin Laden or not? We'll find out after the break with those all-important DNA results. The thing that really proved it was the stuff they released from the hard drives that they captured from where Bin Laden was living. They probably found all kinds of stuff on there, didn't they? All these files and his folders and passwords and, and, his, and his Facebook page. Osama has installed Superwall just outside his window so no one can see in. 
they also released some outtake videos. You know, the videos he regularly released to the West. I mean, this really proved it. Who else would have the ones where he didn't quite get it right? And now these videos are out there. I can't wait for the next episode of this. Hello. Now, first compilation, someone to say, take two. And I say to you, death to Adam West. <laughs> oh, I mean death to the West. Oh, sorry. Here we go. And I say to you, death to Westlife. Oh, t- <laughs> oh sorry. Here we go. <clears throat> and action. And I say to you, death to wet, wet, wet. Oh, okay, this time. Here. Okay. And I say to you, death to the West. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. It's funny. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Super injunctions are back in the news, which is ironic as the whole point of a super injunction is to try and stop things getting into the news. This time it's all about Sir Fred Goodwin. Wasn't he that guy who was on the TV in the 70s a lot with that gobbledygook language? I'd take the lady pods uh, to the hotelio for the rumply pump pubs while the wifey strife is none the wiser load. Because I'm a f- load. No, that, that was Stanley Unwin. It was close. Sir Fred Goodwin was the boss of the Royal Bank of Scotland, so after all the bailout money, he was effectively a civil servant. He took out a super injunction about some personal matter, but former Lib Dem Treasury spokesman Lord Oakshot used parliamentary privilege to mention Fred in the Lords. This parliamentary privilege thing means that if a politician breaks the law while in the House of Parliament, they can't be touched for it. Brilliant! I tell you, if I weren't there, I'd be using the House of Lords free Wi-Fi to download the latest BitTorrents. This follows the recent story of a Twitter user who revealed some details of certain super injunctions and, again, couldn't be touched for it because it was all anonymous. They said that Jemima Khan had a sexual encounter with Jeremy Clarkson. Now, can I just say, for the record, that is totally not true. It was Dominic Strauss-Kahn who had sex with Jeremy Clarkson. Honestly, you dress up as a maid once and look what happens. Also on Twitter, it was revealed that an actor paid someone for sex and a comedian is into S&M. Of course he is. Have you ever done stand-up? Honestly, if you don't enjoy humiliation and pain, you are in the wrong profession. It may seem that these super injunctions are just stopping the press reporting on the kind of personal details that we really don't need to know anyway, but there is a serious side to it. There's one injunction that's stopping Imogen Thomas from selling her story. I mean, what's she meant to do for money? Well, get a proper job. Are you serious? The somenews.co.uk podcast. Justice Secretary Ken Clark has managed to get himself in the news for rape. And this is at a time when Dominic Strauss-Kahn is in the news. You know, the former leader of the IMF. The band that did... You're unbelievable! No, he didn't. I just like to say he... He is not the guy who did that song. If you see Dominic Strauss-Kahn in the street, don't run up to him and shout you're unbelievable at him. That will not help his court case. Anyway, Ken Clark got into trouble for saying that there were different kinds of rape. And I don't mean like the crime and oilseed rape. And while we're on the topic, though, why can't we rename that crop? I mean, we can make Marathon Snickers, we can make GIF Sif, but we're still calling it rape. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It, make, it makes me not want to tell people when I've been for a walk. Oh, hello, Steve. Oh, hello, Gran. So, what did you see on your walk? Oh, um, 
saw lots of rape. No. But here's what happened with Ken. The government had a new plan to give people who plead guilty up to 50% of their sentences. Like a, like a Blue Cross sale on crime. Instead of being honest and saying, Yes, we're doing it to save money. Yes, if you plead guilty and save us the expense in the courts, we'll let you off early. You scratch my back. Bosh. But someone had the idea of using the example of rape to make us think that this is a nice, kind, fluffy, warm piece of legislation. By incentivizing people pleading guilty, you spare some of the victims the horror of the trial. Wow, the government really do care about us after all. All good spin so far. That was till he went on radio to talk about this. The host pointed out that with a five-year sentence, 50% off, good behaviour and early release programmes, that guilty rapist could be out in just over a year. Now, instead of saying, well, we have a legal system where judges can pass sentences to make sure what you describe never happens. Instead, he actually said... No, the, the yes. serious rape... I, I don't think many judges give five years for a forcible rape. Serious. What, as opposed to the light-hearted ones? Those light-hearted, whoopee-cushion-based ones? What, you idiot? And don't get me wrong, there's been idiocy on both sides of this uh, argument. I couldn't find the clip, but this is what I actually saw on the news. On the day that it happened, there was someone on BBC News who said, I, I think it's terrible that Ken Clark can say that some rapes aren't as serious as others. All rapes are serious. Some are even more serious. Not helping. But since it all kicked off, he's apologised on pretty much every TV show going. He's been on the news, he's been on Question Time, he's been on Newsnight... It's only a matter of time until we see this. Let's play The Weakest Link. Ken, what are is a crime with no varying degree of severity? Uh, I should know this one. Uh. He was on Question Time and he said, I obviously upset a lot of people by what I said, and I'm sorry if I did by the way I put it. And you know what? Not once has he said sorry for trying to use our empathy for victims to sell us the idea that they could save money in the courts. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. In TV land, The Apprentice is back. Woohoo! Uh, although this year, you don't actually win a job working with Lord Sugar. So it's not really an apprenticeship, so it's a bad title for a TV show. But anyway, uh, this year the prize at the end of the weeks and weeks of work is a little bit different. I'm going to inject £250,000 worth of cash and value into a business, your business, right, and you're going to run it. So you get a better deal on Dragon's Den. You don't have to do like a 10-minute pitch. You're kidding me, aren't you? But anyway, even though it's not really a proper job, you have little sympathy for the contestants. They are a bunch... Well, first we met the blokes. What was going through your brain when everybody was in the waiting room? I was thinking, I'll have you all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that in most waiting rooms, though that's because I've got issues. Uh, there are some talented people on the show, though, like the inventor. I invented the world's first curved nail file. Curved nail file. No, you didn't, mate. I sat on one once. Uh, there was Melody. I was once trained by Al Gore, and then I was personally taught by Desmond Tutu and Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama, eh? Well, that explains why she's so humble. She had a good plan, though. OK, so the plan is definitely going to win it. Yeah. Great plan. As long as the other team plan to fail miserably, you are sorted. They weren't all geniuses, though. Hey, I, can't, I can't spell it all. Is it vegetable? Vegetable, vegetable, vegetable. Yes, vegetable. She was definitely a vegetable. The blokes team lost and leader Edward 
hadn't impressed Lord Shugsy at all. Edward, he reminds me of a very slow internet line. What, of Amstrad started making modems? But on paper, look where he's been trained by the, one of the biggest firm of accountants in the world. I don't get this. Lord Sugarbuns was shocked that Edward was trained by top accountants, yet he was still an idiot. You wait till he finds out what top bankers did to the UK. Edward, I've got to say to you, you're fired. Oh, but on the plus side, wasn't really a job, so you weren't really fired. You'll get over it. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. The average couple bickers 2,455 times a year. Wow, according to a new survey. Blimey, if you're rowing that much, I'm amazed they had time to answer a survey. The biggest single reason for a tiff is not listening to what the other person said. The second biggest reason was, I don't know, probably something about towels sort of tuned out. But it it made me wonder, what is there that your other half does that really annoys you? So I asked the question on Twitter. Here are some of the answers. What does your other half do that really annoys you? Ata Ra said, breathing. Jada W63 said, breathes. K-A-A-R-4 said, breathes. There are a lot of people who wish that their other half didn't breathe. Seems harsh. Riley Mayo 3 said, does that sneer thing. Does not say anything, but that sneer winds me up. Ugh. Rick J01 said, moans. Walshy Woot said, when him indoors says, I'll mind her for you, about his own child. That's bloody kind of you. Matt Survivor says, hair clips everywhere, in the sink, bed, clothes, and even the dishwasher yesterday. Well, you know, your other half needs clean hair clips. Beth Horwood says, goes to the gym too much, so I end up feeling guilty for being a big old fatty. Jojo underscore pool says leaves his socks on the living room floor or spills sugar on the counter or not take the bin out. That's about it. And Chicken Ruby says opens his bloody gob. That's nice, though. That's nice. You want him to keep his gob shut, but at least you still let him breathe through his nose, unlike a lot of other people. The sumnews.co.uk podcast. So check out sumnews.co.uk for more. Any emails to podcast at sumnews.co.uk and follow on Twitter at Mr. Steve N. Allen is my username. Uh, and subscribe via iTunes. We're on there as well. Till next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at sumnews.co.uk.